0: Hello everyone and welcome to O, oh, a podcast. The podcast about playing games and making games. Brought to you by OROC Studios. I'm Paul and the head boy of OROC. And I'm Michael Gray, the
1: head author of Orock. How you doing, Michael? I'm fine. I've been doing a lot of writing this past month. That's basically all I've done this past month is work on writing Cat President <laughs> 3. That's sort of what it feels like.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I I seem to have received quite a few script files. I'm very excited about this. This is awesome.
1: Yeah, and I was going to ask, are, are we doing a bonus pathway? I've already... Mm-hmm. I know we did a bonus thing for game number one, mm-hmm. and um, game number two was more like a, a bonus game. It was like a four-chapter story, right? It was like a mini-story. yeah. So I don't know what we're
0: doing. Yeah, game 1 had the behind the scenes stuff. Be- game 1 had the behind the scenes stuff and then Game 2 had the human president pathway. I don't know what do you what, uh, what do you want to do?
1: I have no idea, but uh I've just <laughs> thrown uh thrown all the unused dialogue or the stuff I've changed, gotten rid of into uh a different text file. So that that could be kind of easy. <laughs> all right, so we we can have a deleted scenes section. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. I had another idea, but I probably couldn't say it on the podcast without spoiling things, so I won't. Well, it's probably a really good idea, and I can't wait to hear about it privately. I keep getting worried that some of the stuff... Uh, I know you, you got back to me with like the the intro scene, yes. and one of your comments was like, yeah, this is totally a joke you did in one of the previous Cap President games. <laughs> And I'm just worried that's going to happen a lot because I don't remember the jokes <laughs> I wrote eight years ago or that's all right. well, four I mean, years that's, ago. That's
0: part of my job, right? I'm I'm here to to catch these things. I actually caught one, um, but I didn't comment on it in in Pathway Number One because I'm not sure if it matters. Oh no, no. There's a small oh, no. reference to a character named Goober, and I'm pretty sure in Cat President Two there is also a small reference to a character named goober and these are two different characters do you think that's okay
1: goober i'm gonna have to look this goober. up
0: yeah it, we have a. Uh, I i believe it <laughs>
1: we have, oh like, okay supreme
0: court justice goober something like senator Goober, something like that in game two i think
1: top scientists and yeah, then it the it's the scientist right in um, this one yeah <laughs> okay Gosh, I used the same joke name. Oh no, that's it's a good so name sad. though.
0: So uh, I, I, do you want me to change it? I think I have a list of brainstormed cat names somewhere, so I can, I can slip something in there.
1: It, the, the joke is that both of the scientists have silly names. Yeah, uh, silly, unprofessional <laughs> names, and so that kind of works.
0: What we need is we need the games to be popular enough that fans start setting up wiki pages for this so we can look this stuff up there instead of having to search old script yeah. and code files. <laughs> like, I want, I want to see someone well, yeah. do, like, a, a timeline of all the all the cat presidents, uh, something, uh, you know, that, that spells out the rules that we've established for the government so we don't have to keep trying to remember them. That would be really helpful if somebody else could do that.
1: Because I had to guess, too. That was one of the things I did... Uh... I I guess that the uh, original cat president was, I think it's Poopsie, right?
0: Yes. I believe we established it at some point that the first cat president is Poopsie. Yeah, and then Poopsie IX is a descendant of theirs. (laughs) All right, here here it is. Here it is, though. I found it. Cat President 2 Feline has a line that says, uh, that references um, Chief Justice Goober. (laughs) So we had a Supreme Court, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. That's funny, because we actually established that there's a new Supreme Court Justice in uh, Cat President 3, so I guess uh, Justice Goober must have passed away at some point, (laughs) or maybe just retired. It could have been another
1: justice, I don't know.
0: (laughs) Boy. Uh, Dead cats over here.
1: Anyway, so, yeah, pathway number five in Cat President, um... It has a reference to Poopsie, the first cat president, but okay, I, I yeah. put it note saying I just I do not remember what gender that cat was, mm. so I don't know what pronoun our character is going to use. Know. I don't know if we established to refer it or not. to that cat.
0: Oh uh, wait, I no. Um, get if we no did. wait. I think in the Poopsie pathway doesn't um Poopsie talk about her great 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 grandmother a bunch? Is that supposed to be Poopsie the first? That's
1: right, mother. Yeah, yeah she uses there it that. Is. Okay, there it is. Okay, we're, I'm deleting that note, and now we have the correct pronoun for perfect the original Poopsie. The other thing that recently uh, came up was, I, I feel like a scene I'm writing, at, like chapter two of the pathway number six, mm-hmm. I feel like this is a joke setup that I've done before with the... Uh, our character goes to visit the League of Women Voters, but it ends up being a Girl Scout troop instead. Huh. And they're all too young to vote. <laughs> so I don't remember that. We definitely... It's, it's not it's helpful. A
0: yeah, there's a point in uh, Dr. Nom Nom's, there's a similar one in his pathway, where you're trying to sabotage his campaign because he doesn't want to win. So you, you start focusing on non-voters like children. But I don't think yeah. there's something... I think that's it, though. I don't think there's something where you accidentally visit um, voters that are too young. Um, you do give a speech at a school in one of the pathways, but I think that's more to, like, parents and teachers than it is to kids.
1: I do feel like... I know presidents do visit schools and stuff, yeah. but maybe they, they're they just doing it to be good people and not because they're actually trying to get nah, votes.
0: that can't be right. <laughs>
1: They're doing it to get a tax write-off. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, oh yeah, I was just gonna—I was just gonna say that I'm almost done editing pathway number one. <laughs> I'm trying to speed up. I mean, I always say that. Um, this time my excuse is the holidays. We'll see. Actually, that'll be my excuse next month too, right? We got more holidays coming up. Perfect.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's a terrible decision to have uh, <laughs> Nano Rymo in November, like the National yeah. Novel Writing Month, because November is a month where people traditionally get at least one week off of work, yep, uh, or they visit their family members for a week and that sort of thing. And it was like impossible for me to write anything.
0: <laughs> Keep saying we should we should be doing more stuff in like. April, May, March, that area. I feel like nothing's ever really happening around then. We need to move more stuff into there and not try to bunch it all in at the like the end of the year. Like Halloween through December is such a ridiculous time. Too much going on. I personally strongly feel like we should uh we should swap Thanksgiving and Halloween so we don't bunch those two travel family uh oriented uh holidays so close together.
1: Swapping Halloween and Thanksgiving. Yeah, mm, I'm not sure that could work cause, Cause Halloween Halloween's like the day before Like the Day of the Dead, right? And, mm. well, All Saints Day too Or It was mm. a Harvest Moon Festival or something Like that I Something along those lines, I don't know the origins Of the holiday But things
0: are way spookier, they're darker And they're deader out in November Than they are in October I think it fits better
1: that is very true, yeah.
0: And October, you have more of a fall harvest thing going on in October than you do in November. By the time November happens, the harvests are already all all are all done. Oh, you're not getting as many fresh uh, fruits and veggies.
1: How many people are out there harvesting anyway? I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. Conversely, I feel like Halloween would also be a good summer holiday. Uh, more time, more daylight. You know, it's easier to do stuff outside with kids than it is in the night time in October, I would assume.
1: Definitely, but I noticed uh, this last Halloween, apparently there was, like, unscheduled times. It's like the first hour or two, let's say 3 o'clock to 4.30. Mm-hmm. That's for um, elementary school kids. And then mm. um, after that, like 4.30 through 6 would be... The middle schoolers and high schoolers that just seemed to naturally occur maybe maybe they were all like figuring it out on discord ahead of time uh, <laughs> when they're going out, but <laughs> that was just something I noticed that all all the older kids as soon as you know the younger kids went in, all the older kids came out
0: yeah I don't know. I, I I just I strongly feel like the calendar could be rearranged in in several different ways and th- and this is something that people should be looking into more.
1: Oh, definitely. I feel, I I, I think I've been on record for saying we're just unfair to poor February. (laughs) Well,
0: and and like Christmas and New Year's, way too close together. Like I never even have time to think about like what I want to do on New Year's because we're like just getting back from traveling for Christmas and then it's New Year's like the next day. Maybe New Year's could be in February. It's
1: exactly a week apart. I feel like that works. No, but it's it's definitely we need more Chinese space. New Year is like February, right? Yeah, so we should just use a uh, Chinese New Year instead of our our New Year. Like there was a version of the calendar that they wanted to do, which was just four weeks, um, but I think people complained with that like calendar. If we follow like the the twenty eight or twenty nine day calendar, it's like well the holiday falls on the same day of the week every year. And I'm like, why is that a problem if Halloween is always a Sunday? <laughs> that feels like a bonus as opposed to... Uh, yeah. It's always weird when Halloween falls like on a Tuesday or a Wednesday in the middle yeah. of the week. Yeah, I can imagine that.
0: That That's what I'm saying too. Like um, Halloween being in the middle of the week, you have even more reduced hours that you can do your trick-or-treating in. And you can't like stay up all night and eat your candy because you have to go to school the next day.
1: Yeah, everybody was doing silly memes this year uh, about it's like, oh man, those poor teachers, the kids are going to be t- in school today all hyped up on Halloween candy. <laughs> Although I think yeah. the best like Halloween related meme was one of my one of my teacher friends posted last year. It's like, oh hey, so the kids get an entire week off of school so they can have dinner on Thursday night. <laughs> Like, when you put it that way, it does seem, like, super, <laughs> super unnecessary.
0: Hey, also, Thursday, very inconvenient time for a holiday. Especially when you're a freelancer and you don't, like, just automatically get a week off.
1: Yeah, especially, um, like, my wife works for the IRS and any sort of, like, government position like that. They don't get Friday off. They have to come oh. into work after Friday. Oh, the president never gives anybody the day off. Messed so up. a lot of people are just forced to take their day off. But then there are some people that like going into the office on that Friday cuz nobody else is around. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It just seems like I don't know. This 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 feels like something that we as a, a country could get together on is reorganizing the the holiday calendar. Lower stress, lower temperature issue for us to deal with for a little while before we get back to the real stuff. That's what I think. This is what we should be working on uh, in January.
1: Yeah, also working on the, the spelling of words, too. <laughs> I believe that is a cat president joke, too. You need to respell Wednesday yes. needs to be spelled differently. Yes. Renaming the months and the days of the week. Yeah. We, we can do that.
0: Oh, and can we throw February in there, too? Like why is, February,
1: yeah. why is there an r? Why is there an R? I I'd even have to look up where that comes from, February. <laughs> I'm sure it's just some sort of ancient language as well. Mm-hmm. Nobody says the r. Get the r out of there. Why is
0: February spelled that way? February. From the Latin term febru- uh, Februarius. Comes from Re- the festival of February. Februm, febroom, ah. a purification ritual celebrated during the month.
1: Well, then why did we put an R-Y at the end, though?
0: <laughs> be way harder to spell Februm.
1: I feel like you could just spell it with one U, and that'd be fine. Februm. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> or two O's. <laughs> I don't... So another thing I feel like we, we should yeah. be changing is just the standard keyboard layout as well. Yes that's something what do you want that's to change been causing it? problems. Especially in a month like this, where I've been doing a lot of writing. Yeah, And, um... Well, I tried to do, like, italics and bold, and in order to do that you need curly brackets, which are in the most inconveniently oh, located sure. spot.
0: Yeah, this is for Also, uh, for, and for they for need to be
1: right next <laughs> to each other. Yeah. Do you use brackets
0: anywhere else, really? I found a cool hack for that, um, when I'm working in sublime text, which is the, the software I put all my code in um, is uh, you, you have a bunch of different uh, settings that you're, you're able to customize quite a bit. And I was able to create a key binding that says now, whenever I highlight something and push control I, it adds the, uh, the bracketed uh, I and then slash I around the word.
1: Ooh, that's So that was really exciting.
0: Doesn't doesn't help with Word. Maybe there's something you could do similarly in Word. I'm not sure.
1: So what I've been doing with Word is uh, I created an autocorrect so that if I ever type in uh, the word ii, just two lowercase i's Mm. next to each other as a single word, it autocorrects it into bracket i bracket. And then if I do three i's by itself, it becomes bracket slash i bracket. So one for close, one for open Ooh, gonna make One problem do that. It doesn't work immediately after uh, An ellipsis So if you do like three periods in a row And then try it The word considers that to Doesn't consider it to be a separate word Because it's touching a period
0: mm-hmm. Still sounds pretty efficient though Compared to, yeah, because the, the brackets are like Way out of the way And you have to kind of stretch your fingers In a weird way to hit them They're like the most inconvenient mm-hmm. buttons
1: well yeah you have to press uh the shift button too with that actually, yeah ugh.
0: and i i will I will also while we're talking about keyboard layouts reiterate my i would say at this point demand for a dedicated m dash button mm-hmm. absolutely absurd there's so much crap on the keyboard that I almost never use in fact, maybe not even almost maybe just flat out never use and I use an m dash like. In every program, everywhere, I need m dashes.
1: Yeah, so I don't know which alternate keyboard layout we need, but... Because <laughs> I've seen that story like a, a bunch of different times. Like the, the current layout, the QWERTY layout, was just designed for typewriters. And they put letters that are used together as far apart as possible to slow them down to prevent the right. keys from jamming. So it's like, I don't want to use the layout, which was purposely done to make it as slow as possible. It's like, give me, give me a faster keyboard layout. Give me the one where I don't have to like move my fingers. (laughs) The home row is like 90% of the, the, the buttons you have to type. Yeah. Something like that. Man, I, I am not sure. I feel like
0: I might be too old to learn, to relearn how to type though.
1: They've got variations. So they've got like the one-handed keyboard, which is kind of cool. And then like like the keyboard which is two like one-handed keyboards together, which has been banned from typing competitions for being too good. Ooh, now it's we're like, talking. I want that. Yeah. It's like I want the illegal keyboard that will <laughs> let me write as fast as possible. <laughs> oh, that sounds
0: awesome. Oh, you know what would happen though? You'd spend all this time like learning and getting used to typing on the illegal keyboard, and then you'd go to like the library to have to type something or use someone else's computer, and you wouldn't be able to type anything but complete nonsense <laughs> because you wouldn't yeah, remember so how to tough. use that yeah. keyboard.
1: Yeah, people really care about that. Like they, I think they really, they really, really care. Uh, have you seen those keyboards that are like curved ah. that some people swear by?
0: I found one of your illegal keyboards just on Google just now. I'm going to post it in the podcast uh, channel on Discord. This thing (laughs) I don't think it's
1: illegal, just banned from competition. No, illegal. It's illegal. You have
0: to buy it off the black market. Look at this thing.
1: Wow. That looks like it could be a... a, a, How many words per minute? Like 500?
0: 500. That's what it says. That's what the article says. Wow. Your palms rest on two black divots, out of which rise nine different (laughs) finger-sized joysticks. These 18 sticks move in every direction and uh, can hit every button you need on a regular keyboard. It also detects motion in three
1: directions.
0: (laughs) So you have access to over 300 unique inputs without your fingers breaking contact with the device.
1: Yeah, so, like, instead of, like, pushing four separate buttons you have a, a joystick button which you can push up down left mm. right or push in yeah i get it that makes sense
0: <laughs> i never
1: considered that for uh for typing it seems like it would take a while to learn but yeah you you, you know what it if reminds it's been banned me from of competitions
0: <laughs> you remember his dark materials it reminds me of the alephiometer <laughs> like learning how to use this thing It will take literally Mm -hmm. your entire life, and you need these huge, huge binders and books to learn it. But, you know, you'll get there by the time you're 80 or 90.
1: I feel like if computers existed in that world, it probably would have gone a lot faster, if that makes sense. (laughs) Like, there could have been an app which, you know, instead of having to look it up every single time, uh, like you said, through huge books. It's like, "Just, just, just use the app. Yeah, you're right. Man, if only they had phones. That happens in a lot of old books, though. It's like, this problem would not exist if they had phones.
0: (laughs) So I'm watching... Especially the Babysitter's Club. We've been watching some of the new uh, Star Wars series. So, uh, similar to what you're saying, like, it's really interesting looking at the computer screens in Andor. Because they're still, like, having to base all of this stuff on the 1970s Star Wars idea of what futuristic technology looks like. So all of the computers are big and clunky and have these awful, like, black and green screens that can, can't display, like, actual images and stuff like like They have the worst technology. <laughs> and it's supposed to be this, this, this sci-fi series, but everything looks so awful.
1: I know there are people that complain about the touchscreens all the time. I do agree that there are sometimes where uh, like having a radio knob would work better than a touch screen. Mm. I mean getting back to like video games when we've played video games that uh, were like ported to the phone or something but they're clearly designed to be made with a joystick. A lot of times there are problems just moving the characters around. Like they have to create a fake control like up, down, left, right thing for you to interact with.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, of course, Those yeah they seem to, to put...
1: work. Yeah. Little like touchscreen D pad kind of thing. It's like it just doesn't work on the touchpad. <laughs> I feel like that's what the Steam Deck is for. Although I've never seen a Steam Deck, I presume no. it has a it has a D pad.
0: I put in I put in a request for one because you're able to request them as developers. I'm like, can you can you send me one? Uh, sh- shockingly, I I have not heard back. It's been uh, nine or ten months, but I'm still hopeful.
1: Wow, this Steam Deck looks crazy. It looks like, is this just a giant Nintendo Switch? Is that it? I think that's the idea, yeah. Oh, Nintendo better look out. I know there's a new... Isn't there, like, a new Switch coming out? But I don't understand what it is. OLED, what they said? Is there? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, with a fancy new screen? Yeah.
1: I don't know what a LED is or what an OLED is, and they look the (laughs) same to me, so... This is, this is how I know we're getting too
0: old because all the every new console that comes out, I can't even tell what the difference is anymore. Uh I I wonder if we're ever going to see a change that's as noticeable as going from Super Nintendo to Nintendo 64 where games for those two systems look nothing alike and you could not make one game that plays on one play on the other. Yeah. It's just I don't I don't know if it's because I'm old or it's because like the differences really just aren't that big anymore.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. There are people that claim they can see the difference between... Like, they'll notice frame rates, but I don't know what to look for. Oh, <laughs> I can tell when I'm recording a game and the frame rate has dropped to, like, two per second. But um, <laughs> that's because it's very noticeable. Everything's moving in slow motion.
0: I I, I think I've said this before, but you could put a gun to my head and ask me to to identify which game is running in 30 frames per second and which one's running in 60, and I would just be dead. Like, I would never be able to. That would be it for me.
1: There's a couple speedrun tricks with the uh, the Nintendo 64, I think, for, like, the Zelda games and the Donkey Kong games, where they specifically do stuff to lower the, the frame rate to make the game go slower. That way you can pull off weird tricks. Or at least it makes it a lot easier to do split-second timing tricks. I'm like, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think
0: you can tell when it gets to, like, like you were saying, like, (laughs) 2, 5, 10. Like, that's a noticeable difference. But, yeah. Apparently the, uh, the new Switch OLED also has better speakers. So that's fun. I also don't use the Switch in portable mode most of the time, so I don't know that this fancy screen would do much for me personally.
1: That's the exact same way with me, so...
0: Oh yeah, it even says, uh, this article says, no upgrades in TV mode. Internal specs are the same.
1: <laughs> so I know there are definitely people that like playing it on the on the bus, like... Oh yeah, sure, Ride yeah. in and out of work, just, just play Switch games for an hour, which is fine. Yeah, I and mean, there's
0: probably people listening to this right now who are like, are you guys out of your mind? I never use the TV mode. I only use portable.
1: Well, because I do like video walkthroughs, I kind of have to use TV mode. I kind of... Yeah, I do have to use TV mode. It won't... <laughs> I'm not sure you can record your switch screen unless it's in TV mode. Which actually brings me to something I wanted to mention from a previous yeah. podcast was uh, we we've talked about great ace attorney before Mm -hmm. towards the end of great ace attorney 2 we get a clue about a sword uh kazuma gets a message about the sword He, he gets a message from his long lost father which uh is a puzzle it's sort of a puzzle it's about the sword it's got mysterious things and then i feel like two or three minutes later our main character refers to that saying as a haiku It's like, oh, there was a clue in the haiku that his dad wrote. That wasn't just a a nice-sounding haiku; it was actually a secret message. And I, I had no idea it was supposed to be a haiku because haikus are three lines long, but they only have two lines of text in the game. (laughs) Oh no! So they they had to have it be a a two-line haiku, and I feel like. This might explain that character we were confused by, Mr. Soseke Natsume, uh, the Japanese author who's always saying strange things. Maybe he was supposed to be saying haikus. Da- Whoa. Maybe okay. he was quoting his own haikus, because that feels like that okay. the joke is that he's quoting the actual haikus that the real-life Mr. Natsume wrote. Because he quotes himself occasionally in that game
0: well that would make him a much more bearable character if there was a reason for his stupid things that he is constantly saying oh that's very interesting huh wow it seems though that um if if haikus were going to be such an important part of the story that they really should have had a a text box that could display things in three lines then
1: yeah, I don't Wonder know what they. the idea yeah. was behind that. Anyway, just a thought that popped into my mind, because it's like, well, mm-hmm. the one thing in the game that they said was clearly a haiku was not done on three lines, and that might refer... Also, I was going to say, the the titles for the cases in that game are very poorly done. Like, both the episodes <laughs> with uh, Mr. Natsume are, like, untranslated Japanese, so it's like the Clouded Kokoro is the name of one of them. And they never tell right. us what a kokoro is. Yeah, I, I remember noticing that, that the, the titles seem
0: uh, frequently seem to have nothing to do with the case. <laughs> or if they did, yeah, I, I couldn't tell what they were supposed to mean.
1: <laughs> There's Twisted Karma and His Last Bow, which also made me mad, because it has nothing to do with uh, the Von Karmas, who are Phoenix Wright characters, has nothing to do with His Last bow, which is a Sherlock Holmes story. So I just don't know what they were thinking there. I'm seeing here that uh, Kurokoro, that's the name of one of Natsume Soseki's uh, writings. So it looks like mm. it's a novel he wrote, and it means heart. And I'm sorry, but the the clouded heart ...would make a better title for a case than The Clouded oh, Kokoro... Yeah. ...when the word Kokoro never appears in the actual case itself. I imagine the word heart appears in the case, maybe. Lots of the cases in this game are long cases, so it's gotta <laughs> appear somewhere, right? <laughs> I did like this one uh, section in the final case where you play as a completely different character... Uh, not not to insult uh, Rayuno Suke. Do you remember the section where in, in like the final case <laughs> of the final game you play as somebody else, or re- is it just too long ago?
0: I'm trying to remember. It, it has been it has been a little bit, unfortunately. Okay.
1: Um, well, it feels like it's a scene from a different game because we're playing as a different character. We're playing as um. Oh, I'm totally forgetting the character's name. Oh gosh. What is the name of the what is the name of oh, the female Lee her father
0: oh. <laughs> oh god.
1: No, Kazuma was the uh the the best friend. Yeah. Who had a sword named Karuma and it, it finally dawned on me in the last case it's like oh their their names sound similar that's probably on purpose. <laughs> Did the dad name his child after the family sword because I I <laughs> guess that's possible. Suzato, that's her name. (laughs) Yes, okay. So for a brief segment in case number five, you play as Suzato's father and you're on a boat. And you have like a standard adventure game puzzle where you need to distract a guard. This guy's on guard outside a room and you need to distract the guard. And there are like four different things in the hallway that you can mess with. Like one's a mouse, one's a speaker, one's the door. And you have to figure out, okay, which thing do I mess with in order to distract the guard? And I thought that was just a really fun segment. Just a ty- typical, it really felt more like an adventure game. As I said, something from a completely different game, not a visual novel. Because it's a standard adventure game puzzle of get past this guard. That's been in a bunch of games, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I do I do remember the segment now and enjoying it. It seems like some of my favorite parts yeah. were the were, were the parts where you weren't playing as uh, Rio.
1: Yeah, poor Ryu. I don't know.
0: I <laughs> wonder how Ace Attorney 7 is coming along. Or 6?
1: <laughs> is there a 7th seven. one?
0: Oh, wait. Is this No, this can't be a real update. I don't believe it.
1: Nope, just rumors. Yeah, it's in one of those things where, uh, I feel like there are people that do that not just with like Ace Attorney but like every single year they write a new article in January which is oh Ace Attorney 7 uh 2022 uh update nothing's changed but they add a date at at the end of it and it's and it's like I feel like this was a remake of the article you wrote in 2021 yeah, I, I see that when
0: I'm looking for like if there's a new season of a show I want to see coming out, like I'm looking up whether that exists, and it's like, yeah, everything we know about whatever season five, and it's like the studio has yet to make any announcement. <laughs> yeah,
1: God. So, anything else about wonder Cap- what's going on <laughs> with uh, Ace Attorney? Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, I know they, they released the Great Ace Attorney. Here in English, but uh, that's not new news. That uh, it wasn't a new game for uh, no, Japan, right. right? So I guess all Japan has is just you know remakes of the old games, like this one for uh, Great mm. Ace Attorney, which is it's it's those two games, but now it's on Switch. Or you know the original trilogy, and now it's on <laughs> Switch, or now it's on. We phone do seem to get those re-
0: remakes every like three or four years or so, and it's always big. You know, headline news that finally the Ace Attorney games are being re-released for the seventh time.
1: Re-released on iOS and Android, yes.
0: Yeah, released on Steam Deck. Re-released on PlayStation Five. Wow! Now you can play it on your Xbox. Insert the new Xbox name here.
1: Yeah. Well, why wait? Why make new games when you can just sell the old games over and over <laughs> again? <laughs>
0: Uh, so was there anything else about Cap President three that we wanted to talk about?
1: No, I'll keep everything else a secret for uh the fans awesome,
0: awesome. yeah, and uh you've been doing this for Nanorimo have you hit your uh have you hit your NaNoWriMo goal for word count or whatever
1: oh, oh yeah, definitely these games are oh, more than awesome. fifty thousand words each, so that's. I I don't know if I got an award or anything like that. Are there awards? I don't think so. I feel oh. like they give you... You can buy a shirt, I'm sure, or a sticker <laughs> or something. Oh. But, uh, you get a badge. Claim your winner goodies. Let's see what they are. Oh boy, we get a link to a YouTube video. You can print out a certificate. Yeah. And yeah, you can get a t-shirt. I'm sure it costs money. Goodies from their various sponsors who look like writing companies and such. I was right. just look, I'm looking Banners. at the
0: 2021 uh, list of rewards. You can get 20% off a professional-looking printed copy of your project.
1: Yeah. That feels like a good business model for them to offer, <laughs> offer that, right? They, probably, they probably make some money that way by teaming up with this, this writing group. Man, the rewards I'm looking at are just a bunch of coupons.
0: This this person's saying the prize is that you get a 50,000-word draft for a novel that you might be able to publish someday. <laughs> oh. The prize is the friends we made on, along the way, it would seem.
1: Oh, that's cute. <laughs> I I really have not been paying attention to the the group emails. <laughs> uh, I am in the Portland area, so I Ooh. get all the Portland area emails. So you
0: haven't even made any friends, so you really just didn't get a prize then.
1: I I I get to see Cat president 3. It, it's
0: great. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of our games, um we have a we have a couple listener questions I want to get into in a little bit. Um, but first, I, uh, I wanted to talk about the Moms game very briefly. Uh, I don't have a lot to talk about. Um, I know you've been 100% Cap President 3 this month, so I, I meanwhile, I've been doing a little bit with the Moms game. Um, basically, I've, I've mm-hmm. just started updating the script with all the edits we made, um, but also uh, putting the AI art that we've been working on into the game, uh, getting new music tracks, the sound effects, uh, I've done some stuff with the interface, like I got the um, a text bar for us, the text box, I'm sorry, and uh, the click to continue icon that's, that's just essential to any good visual novel. Um, I've been doing a lot text of- Text
1: boxes are just so confusing. I feel, <laughs> well, I mean, you've seen my scripts, so usually I just write two lines of text and then it's a new paragraph or a new yeah. thing. I really need to figure out, like- the text box in advance, something like the text box can only hold.
0: Mm. See how many characters, like, characters it can hold. And yeah,
1: just... yeah, I, I really should do that, but I don't. I, I guess because the character names do change depending on you know, yeah, what the player inserted. That's also a tough one. That that is something I've had to pay attention to when
0: figuring out like font sizes and stuff like that. Like there's there's a part in the game where the name that you typed in can appear somewhere in the art, uh, and so you have to make sure that the name can't possibly get any bigger than that spot you have allotted on the screen is. So it's a lot of like double checking font sizes and 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 character limits and stuff like that. Um, the way I test it uh, is that I believe I've read that W is the widest character in the English alphabet. So if for example, the limited the we've limited the number of characters to 10, I'll set the name to be 10 Ws and that'll show me the maximum amount of space that this name could possibly take up if someone decided to make their name woo
1: I feel like that's something somebody would do at some point <laughs> just to break the game. But yeah so wwwwww. Uh... <laughs>
0: I forget what I did that, what I was working on that for, but but that that is something you sort of have to pay attention to when you allow when you start allowing a lot of custom uh, player inputs like we've been doing. But yeah, I think the I think the game's looking really good. I'm I'm pretty happy with how the AI AI art is turning out for the game. I I think it it looks nice. I hope people like it.
1: That's good, yeah, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was gonna say, like, one line, I feel like we should change a line in the um, philosophy mom's pathway. I feel like we could, like, slip the lyrics to Mbop in uh, the philosophy mom's <laughs> pathway. <laughs> you plant a flower, watch it grow, you don't know which seed is gonna grow, uh. um, something along those lines. I meant to do that at some point, but then I forgot to.
0: You have so many relationships in this life but only one or two will last you go through all the pain and strife yeah and yeah turn your back and it's gone That'll so definitely fast
1: work that will that would definitely work within the context <laughs> of that pathway
0: I think I put a quote from a philosopher on on the in the room uh, in her in philosophy mom's living room because the art generator generated this like big black spot that I looked like it was supposed to be like a chalkboard or something. Mm -hmm. It's hard to say, but I I put a like a quote, famous quote from a philosopher that I thought she would have liked. Don't remember what it was now, but I've, I've been trying to do that because whenever the AI art generator tries to generate like a painting or a photograph that goes on a wall somewhere, it just looks like a a horrible mess. So I've been, when, when it does that, I usually try to just take something from pixabay.com and put it in that spot instead
1: it's weird cuz i think in real life artists do that a lot <laughs> or you know like they'll they'll have a painting in a painting right that's something artists like to do i put in
0: the uh podcast discord so here's an example of when i where it put like a weird blob in, above the fireplace in this room uh this is supposed to be the writers this is the your sisters uh, like, foyer or whatever, mm-hmm. so I made, like, a fake book cover to that hangs above her fireplace that I'm kind of thinking is, like, you know, maybe her first book or her most popular book or something.
1: I- I've definitely seen that piece of art before. <laughs> that's a Pixabay art. Yes, yeah. it is. <laughs> you looked up Kiss or Romance or something, yep, and I that's think- how you I- got that one. <laughs> <laughs> and i tried this one for the nerd mom's uh Oh, well, that's the first result for a kiss
0: right there <laughs> yep <laughs> Just i looked it up right now i tried to tell it to put a picture of einstein on the wall in the nerd mom's uh entryway it didn't really turn out so i tried pasting one in there but i'm not sure if i'm gonna stick with that yet it it might be a little too incongruous incongruous whatever
1: yeah, it doesn't look like it fits with the. Yeah, rest Yeah, I think the... I think
0: I'll probably change that. Uh, and one more. This is uh, this is all going in
1: because it's a picture of Einstein. It's an actual photo. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I tried to get it to make it... not
0: photorealistic. I tried to make it get it to make a drawing of Einstein, but I wasn't happy about it. But I'll, I'll keep working on that. Uh, and then this is one. Um, this is all going in the Discord, by the way, uh, in the Oa podcast channel. Uh, this is the your your character's niece, Mia. Uh, and I, I, it put some random junk on her t-shirt, so I added some bubble text that I found somewhere that says, like me, on it, which I thought was kind (laughs) of (laughs) funny.
1: Like me? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That looks like an actual word.
0: Anyway. Lots of fun stuff we're playing around with. Uh, should we do some listener questions? Sure. All right. Uh, this one comes to us from the Crowbar on Discord, uh, and they ask, are there any game concepts either of you, either individually or together, have had over the years that you scrapped slash abandoned? If so, why? And would you consider revisiting them in the future? Uh, I kind of feel like we both have very long lists of game ideas that we never really moved forward with or are still planning to move forward with at some point and just haven't yet for various reasons.
1: Yeah, like the escape room game.
0: Um <laughs> I I a couple I wrote down that uh trial by hellfire I came across uh there was the Catholic priest dating sim. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um yeah, that was something I pitched to uh Choice of Games Heart's Choice, I think mm, is mm-hmm. their romance label and they 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 demanded that I send in like four different uh yeah. game game ideas and they didn't like any of them. <laughs> um and one of them ended up becoming Mermaid Mission Titanics. And like, you know what, I'll do the mermaid game anyway.
0: Yeah, that was my experience in sending in game ideas to them, too.
1: <laughs> and Pride and Prejudice as well. Yeah, yeah, OK. <laughs> so two of them got made.
0: Um, I, I have a, a couple of games that uh, I made some progress in developing b- b- before uh, stopping for various reasons. So one idea that I was been kicking around with forever was a game called Basically a Cow." which was meant to be, and, and people probably heard about this one before, is meant to be kind of a, a pixely, uh, point-and-click adventure game, kind of like the real old ones, where you'd actually have the list of verbs at the bottom of the screen you'd have to click on, like, pick up, move, pull, except that you would be playing uh, as an actual cow, and all of the actions you could do were only cow-related. So it would be like, kick. Uh, walk, uh, flick tail, chew cud, and you would have to use these actions in order to solve uh, various adventure game puzzles. Uh, and I had I had to, I have, like an entire outline for a game written out, and I think I did uh, wrote out like the first couple of scenes. But but that was when I started to realize that that was one of those games where I realized oh there's no way I'm ever going to be able to make this because I I can't draw pixel art. <laughs> One of one of I feel like many projects that we've given up on for that particular reason. Oh, mm-hmm. it's still sitting around, and I think it's still there. some pretty fun ideas with it, but uh, I don't know if it's ever going to go anywhere at this point. Um, uh, the other idea that that made it uh, about that far was uh, an FMV game I wanted to do called "Perfectly Normal Love in the Cool Dude's House." Um, it was going to be an FMV game uh, about. God, what was it? You answer this dating ad where it's, like, seven brothers who invite you over to their house so you can go on a date with each one of them individually in the house. Like, it was this really bizarre, dumb concept that was basically designed so that I could make another FMV game where I only needed one performer for the entire game. Um But this was going to be another one that was sort of hybrid FMV where you, you know... See a video clip and have to make decisions. I think I also had some puzzles written out for it, but um, I think uh, that one I got as far as the intro and uh, a little bit into one of the pathways before it just started to seem a little too stupid, even for me. <laughs> so it it stopped there. Maybe maybe I'll come back to either of these ideas someday. I don't know.
1: Could be. I've got I just have a game specs folder, so they're all in like different stages of completion like I believe you mentioned like I was ghosted for Halloween (laughs) I was ghosted on Halloween you 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 said that was a I'm sure that was like a joke title for a video game but I thought that was cool and so I've got uh like a two paragraph description of the game and then four suggestions for potential characters (laughs) Such as low-effort ghost costume and a vampire who is extremely in character at all times. (laughs) Yeah, here it is. I found where we talked about
0: this on on Twitter. Uh, (laughs) It was because uh, you were talking about how uh, there needs to be more Halloween romance, uh, because you said you couldn't find that many Halloween romance novels. So then I and, uh, and our friend Jetty. There were
1: only two that yeah. I could find, yeah. <laughs> we
0: were trying to pitch different ideas. I, I, I got Ghost on Halloween, was actually Jetty's idea. That's pretty good.
1: Yeah. So I wrote, I wrote
0: like two paragraphs for that. I had a f- fun idea for, uh, for people who remember my old adventure game, Life in the Dorms. Uh, I've had various ideas for sequels for that. One was just Life in the Dorms 2, Death in the Dorms. It was going to be a murder sequel, uh, murder mystery sequel. Uh, and I wanted to have people vote on which of the roommates died <laughs> to determine who the murder victim is before I started designing it. Um, Another one I, I thought of very recently is that um, uh, I have a professor friend who is living in on-campus housing at their college that is specifically for professors. And I thought that was just like a weird concept that's just like, Rife for comedy, like, you know, 30, 40 something year olds living in a college dorm together. Uh, and that, that, that seemed like that could be a great life in the dorm sequel set, like, 10, 15 years later, where Dak is now a college professor, once again stuck living in the dorms.
1: That does seem like a weird setting. Why is this not, like, a sitcom scene? Or that feels like that could be a sitcom. Yeah, it would. And then the professors don't. (laughs) want to live in the actual dorms (laughs) with the college students and you know there's got to be like the really old professor who's been there a million years and yeah probably like the 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 young professor who wants to like have it be a cool party scene all the time (laughs) sort of stuff yeah
0: but um the reason i've never done any further life in the dorm stuff uh besides the fact that i don't know that anyone would buy it is that um I'm pretty sure I don't have the rights to do him, um, but also I wouldn't know how. I wouldn't know how to make a game that looks and plays like that. <laughs> if I did it, it would be another visual novel, which would not be even a little bit similar to the original Life in the Dorms gameplay.
1: Yeah. So most of most of my uh, unfinished things here are just uh, like outlines for uh, what would be a game. And, like, the next step would be, like, you reviewing the outline and then me writing a more in-depth outline. So, like, for a Christmas Carol dating sim, I believe Mm. you mentioned that. Like, I've got an outline that's a page and a half. It's basically, like, a bulleted list, right? And so what I'd do, if we wanted to move ahead with that, is I'd throw it at you, I'd have you check it out, get your responses, and then I'd make, like, a five-page outline or a more in-depth outline yeah uh same with a year to be extraordinary Mm. i believe that was like that was a randomly (laughs) generated like uh book title it was such which just sounded really good you posted that online and so i wrote i wrote a one-page intro um then uh you like the one-page intro (sighs) it was only one page I wrote notes on one pathway.
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> Ooh, wait, one more. I'm sorry. I have my, my ideas uh, document open. Uh, I, I've had various ideas over the years for for different uh, Awkward Steve games. But the one that I started trying to design was one called uh, the Awkward Steve Duality. Um, so the idea with the original game, the Awkward Steve Duology, was that it was two games in one. So the Awkward Steve Duality would be it's one game in two where you're playing two separate games uh, side by side simultaneously, but you only have one decision at each decision point and the decision you make affects both of them. So like a, a very simple example would be you, cl- you say go left and then the Steve character in both of these storylines goes left. Even like one of going left might be good for one of the Steve's and bad for the other, something like that. Or, uh, one thing I, I wrote down here, uh, the uh, It could be extremely context-sensitive, like you might have the option, dig in, uh, and it could be that one Steve is at a fancy restaurant uh, about to dig into his potatoes, and you could see another Steve in a dark, spooky graveyard holding a shovel.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I was thinking. But that was very difficult to design,
0: if you can imagine.
1: <laughs> yeah. I would say two of these ones that might be people might be interested in is... um. So i did an outline for pizza delivery boy who saved the world too mm, that's right you mentioned that recently let's see how many pages like two and a half pages but it looks like one page is just chapter six i didn't know what the final chapter would be <laughs> so i gave like three different versions of what oh, i think cool. chapter six could be one of them is uh the characters split up in search for clues one of them is uh Doug travels to the evil future where things are bad. And then one is uh, just like the first game where the final chapter is basically our hero storming the Mm -hmm. bad guy's fortress. But anyway, yeah, I got a three-page outline for (laughs) Pizza Boy (laughs) 2. And also, uh, Alex Squared. I'd totally forgotten about this. I wrote for NaNoWriMo like two years ago or something. It's a hybrid visual novel adventure game because I didn't know how to. I don't know how to do adventure (laughs) games, so it's closer to a visual novel in terms of the text. But it's sort of like the idea was that somebody lives through a a time loop and goes through a time loop over and over. Oh yeah, that's right. Ton of different games are like that, Mm. but this one was really wow. It's like a hundred pages long. Why did we just? I, don't know. I guess we have more interesting things <laughs> um I feel like we've we well, maybe I'll go back and and try to go through it someday yeah. I feel like we've
0: tossed around different uh ideas on a Christmas carol. You mentioned the uh the dating sim, which I think would be the way to go. I remember at one point so we we were talking about pitching ideas to choice of games I definitely tried to pitch. Like, a fantasy Lord of the Rings version of a Christmas carol. But I also like this one that I just found that I wrote down. <laughs> where, uh, it's just, it's really just the basic Christmas carol story, but, uh, as interactive fiction. But I just like that I wrote down as a possible title, quote, a Christmas carol. Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> stupid. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, me and me and our friend Anna have talked about trying to do a potato-themed dating sim for a very long time. Uh, with various names we came up with: Hot Potatoes, uh, Mash Made in Heaven, Mashmaker, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, those sound great. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, I want <laughs> I, I I would say that I bet a lot of uh, game designers probably have gigantic documents of random ideas, just like we do. <laughs> Um, we do have one more uh, one more listener question. This one comes to us from Joe Reviewer also on Discord uh, and he wants to know what is the worst video game you love? Uh, and I, I have a quick answer for this one. Uh, it's a game called Lifeline on PlayStation 2. It is a voice controlled survival horror game. Uh, <laughs> the voice controls almost entirely. Don't work. Uh, but when they do, I find it extremely affecting in the way that they do. Like you're you're playing a person in the control room trying to give advice and instructions to this person who is stranded on a space station that has been infested by these horrible monsters. So you're trying to like it's at times trying to convince her to do things, but just trying to get her to navigate, get the get the different key cards and whatever and not get herself killed before the story ends. Um, And I I just found the game incredible, but I can also see that most people would not have nearly the patience that I did with it.
1: You know, if I had to say what's the worst video game I love, you know, part of me wants to say the the Fire Emblem games, because nobody likes watching me play Fire (laughs) Emblem. I think they're vaguely popular with certain groups, but... Like, I've tried posting those on YouTube and such before, and nobody nobody likes watching me play those games. So I don't think it's because it's a bad game. I think it's just completely mismatched audience.
0: Right, so the the people who are here for Nancy Drew and uh, other similar mystery games, they aren't as interested in, like, the hardcore RPGs. Yeah. Well, Joe, I hope that answers your question. Uh, And I hope that... (laughs) Someone out there gets the license to Lifeline on the PlayStation 2 and does a remake with, with, like, Alexa technology. Like, I, I, voice recognition technology has certainly come a long way, uh, since 2004 or whenever it was that this game came out, not to mention microphone technology. Uh, it'll be really cool, uh, to have a remake of this game that I am probably the only person who enjoyed. And, uh, with that, I think, that about does it for this month's episode. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Paul and Michael is at Argolfumpf, spelled exactly as it sounds. You can check out all of our games on PC and also occasionally on console. Or you can just visit oarock.com for the complete library. Our theme song is by Fifth Avenue. You can check them out on SoundCloud. And finally, if you have any questions about game development or our games specifically, we'd love to hear them. Email them to podcast at oarock.com. Is there anything that you'd like to add, Michael? Nope. All right. Sounds good. See everyone next month. A story will be told. Go! I feel like that's a, that's another thing that's cheerfully dark. Like whenever you talk about skin, like it's just automatically creepy to talk about skin. But she's so happy about it.